Hello everyone, welcome to the Luke Branquino Show. Well, welcome to the Luke Branquino Show. Today's guest, the one and only Dale Brisby, also known as the greatest bull rider in history. And Dale, when we were at the finals, um, I seen your buckle. That thing was badass, man. World champion this year? Right, this year. Timeless, just like I am. You know, if anything, it was a little too small for me. But that's what I was wondering. I mean, you get something a little bit bigger, you could use it for everything. You know, you could eat on it, you could uh, help sleep on it for that matter. But that thing was slick. I mean, to win that, you had to make some pretty good rides, huh? It's something that, that I don't take lightly, but I'm also very humble about. Uh, to answer your question, yes. I've had to make a lot of good rides over my career and, um, you know, pretty much just wow everyone. The, the actual sport of rodeo is who awarded it to me, you know, not just any one in particular association. They all came together on this one. And J.B. Mooney probably had a vote in that, but I'm well, not sure how he would have went, though. It's hard for him to vote against me. I'm not sure that he liked it very much. We're still best friends, even though he hasn't answered one of my texts since last March. I think he got a new phone number, and if you have it, send it to me. I don't. I don't he hasn't responded in a while, so if you, if you have it, send it to me. Well, you know, funny enough, I, I do have it, and I and I will send it to you. I called him on his birthday, and I didn't. I didn't really. You know, I've tried to get that not best friend status because that's you, but like the second, third ish. Because yeah. I know he has Randy and you know a few of those guys, but. Uh, he talked to me for almost an hour. I'm like, damn, JB, I didn't know you had that many words in you. Yeah, an hour. That's getting there. No, he uh, he loves to visit, especially with fellow rodeo cowboys. I guess I'm not on his stature or his level like you. I'm damn sure not on your level. That's why I appreciate you coming on the show, you know. And, and one of my questions, how did you become who you are? You know, I just wake up every day and, and I am Dale Brisby. I am what I am and I've always been that and I will continue to be that as long as I need to be. So, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting question just because, you know, a lot of people have to work at it and I don't. So it, it comes very naturally, you know, much like it does for JB, but he's got to work at it a little bit. But I mean, <laughs> but as far as videos are concerned, this July will be um, our 10th year since our first video. So uh, that's how wow. that came about as far as the public understanding who Dale Brisby is. And, um, you know, there were just a few people who didn't know I was the greatest. And so those videos were to educate them on that. They started in 2013. We were in Woodstown, New Jersey. I'm sure maybe you've been up there a time or two, but Betsy that runs that Cowtown Rodeo had a little bunkhouse and we made the first video July 1st, 2013 is when it debuted on on uh, YouTube. And that was to let the world know about the greatest cowboy. You know, we felt it was our duty, like an obligation, you know, to communicate the, the greatness that was Dale Brisby. And so we just turned on a camera and it just started flowing out and it hasn't stopped, but. <laughs> well, you guys have been doing, and not only that, the, with that, but the singing career. I mean, I see you're going to need to get a buckle that, you know, the world's greatest singer this year. Yeah. You know, one of those statues with the microphone or whatever that is. The, I don't even know what they call those things. Right. Those, those fancy things that the singers win. I like to be honest. I like to be truthful. I'm so honest you can shoot dice with me over the phone. 
and I don't know if I'm going to win any awards for singing. <laughs> no, I did get to, it was cool to get to go on with Cody Johnson. You know, uh, he and I were like this, that's me on top. And uh, he, uh, <laughs> Cowboy Scale of one to 10, me, Corblund, Ned Ledoux, Red Stegall, Cody Johnson, the five of us were on that one song. And my buddy who plays for William Clark Green was uh, Josh Serato. He was recording it for me. And I was like, let me sing a, let me sing one of the the chorus just to uh, throw it in there. It'd be funny. We'll send it to Cody. And it was the most terrible thing I've ever heard. <laughs> we played it back. I went in there. I was like, okay, don't send that. And I'm sure he's got it saved somewhere and he's going to blackmail mail me with it one day. Oh, for sure. But it was fun to be on that with Cody, nonetheless. Well, I could imagine. And I mean, you know, Cody, just an all around badass himself, you know, a bull rider, not at your level, obviously not the world's greatest this year or last year, the year next year. Um, but as far as singing career, he's, he's got something. I think he's got something. Uh, and I'm, like you said, you guys like that, you on top. You're the one probably elevating him to get to that level of greatness. It's good to get to pick guys up like that, you know, raise up those young up and comers in whatever industry they're in, whether it be music or rodeo. But uh, yeah, Cody is a lot like JB in that, you know, he's a he's real fun. And if you if you were able to catch an hour of his time on the phone, he'd have plenty of stories. And I'd really actually like to see Cody and JB have that conversation that'd be a it'd be fun to be a fly on the wall for that one first off i gotta take this shirt off my 12 year old or 14 year old son i just want to prove to you we are fans of oh yeah dale brisby oh yeah um obviously the hat so i might need to have you send me another one because that one may be a little stretched out <laughs> a little stretched out there um what i want to talk about is how you became not only the bull riding champion the i still think you'd singer but now the merchandise and the places you go, I mean, rodeo time, uh, everything you got going, that was what you said 10 years ago when you started this venture? Yes, sir. So when video cameras came out, we were always making little skits and doing stuff. And then in uh, 2013, I had been, you know, having fun with skits and pranks and prank calling people. And we, we, we made that first video and it didn't go viral by any means but it it was just fun for me to make and so i made more and then i made more and after a little bit of time we we had grown a brand and then demand for a product that we didn't even have yet and so we did that through providing value in the form of entertainment via comedy it looking back i'm it's able i'm able to like define it but at the time we were just having right. fun and enjoying it we, we started the website and it was and five minutes later without telling anybody we had our first order i have a love-hate relationship with sales like when i grew when i was a kid i remember going to a, a field trip and i had yo-yos yo-yos were hot at the time and i took a bunch of yo-yos and some lubricant i sold all these yo-yos i went there with no money I came back with like 36 bucks. I was lubing people's bearings on their yo-yos for a dollar. And I, I had that mindset and that mentality of like trying to create money and, and or make money. And then DeWitt Forrest, you know, the, the NFR judge. Judge. I've known him since I was like little, little. And we were running around those Lyle Sankey rodeo schools. And DeWitt, I heard him tell a group of people when I was young, young, he said, anybody that ever got rich did it through sales like if you can sell something not only will you survive but that's then you're able to 
it gives you a pathway to get rich. And so I've always remembered that. And I thought, you know what? I don't know about getting rich and buying an island. I'd love to just be able to pay my bills so that I can rodeo. College, I sold horses and vitamins and just whatever I could, firewood, whatever I get my hands on. And then when these videos happened and we started creating the branding, that salesman in me resurfaced, but it was a, it, the foundation was bringing value to people. And the moment that I forget that, or I, I, I switch and my priority becomes making money, that will be the beginning of the end for me. A lot of people come to the internet solely to make money, and that's okay. I don't think there's anything morally wrong with that, but the problem is people can sniff that out. They don't care if you're here to make money, you know, like there people go to the internet to escape and be entertained, not to provide you with your needs. You as well as anybody knows, the more people we have in the industry, the better it's gonna be for everybody in the industry. And, and I'm talking about fans or potential, you know, contestants or kids that wanna get started. And I think you guys have done a great job. You know, nothing makes me happier to see all those kids lined up or hell, adults, yes, sir. you know, lined up to get your product and, and chat with you and visit with you because then they start going around like, hey, Cowboy's cool. Yes, sir. And what you guys have done for the industry is huge. But before we were ever even making videos, if I was at a rodeo, there's always a little maybe TV crew, radio station, newspaper. They want to report on that town's party for the year, which is sometimes in the form of a rodeo, thankfully. And uh, you know they want to hear from somebody entered who's from out of town, and I would jump on any opportunity to talk positively about the sport of rodeo. And this is when when nobody cared what I had to say. I was still trying to be loud and an ambassador for the sport. I've always prioritized like I want to be ambassador for my faith and an ambassador for the sport. You know, we've got our principles and we've got our morals that we're not going to step outside of, and that's our lane. And if it means we grow slower, that's fine. Well, and, and I remember seeing a post, oh, it's been a couple of years ago when the, the whole abortion issues were going out and your faith, what you believe in, you made a post and people were on there like, yeah, standing by. And then you have those people like, we're, we're you know, we didn't think this is how you were, we're deleting you. But what I liked about you and I talked to Kate, you know, obviously everybody knows Kate Coward, our, our health and fitness coach. She said, man, Dale sticks to it. For what he loses because of what he believes in, it doesn't bother him. Right. He's going to stick to it and keep going with what his faith tells him to do. And and that's another thing I appreciate about you. I feel like there's moments that I can't ignore. And that was a, you know, there was a petition going around. And that's what made me sign that. And it was before the Supreme Court made that decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. And, and for me personally, that was just, that's something I care deeply about as a former fetus. <laughs> So I made that post and I did lose, you know, about five or 6,000 followers. It was at the beginning of the NFR. And by the end of the NFR, 10 days later, I had gained back like 8,000. You know, I hate that there's so much animosity with people that have different opinions, but occasionally, you know, there's things worth fighting for. I imagine maybe one day I'll feel one of those things and I'll be convicted that I need to step up and say something on a certain platform and maybe it gets me canceled. And if that's the case, then I'll do my best the next day. You know, at this point, I'd go back to day work and I would just have better horses than I did. <laughs> right. You're not any different. This this fame of, of Dale Brisby and, you know, Rodeo Time and everything you've done has not changed you. And that's one thing I, I love about the Western world the success never really changes the true 
champions. Yes, sir. You really can't forget where you came from. The other thing about rodeo, which you know way better than I do, is how humbling it can be. You know, like the moment you think you made it, like, and you just can hit cruise control, rodeo will find a way to humble you. And whether, <laughs> it's, right. whether it's with one steer that, you know, won't kick a leg out, or maybe it's an injury or whatever it is. But spiritually in 2022, I would say the, the primary thing that I studied what was pride. And I learned a lot about pride and I, I don't know. So, so that's something I've, I've really tried to identify and pull out of my life a lot lately personally well yeah and you could just like you said it, it's so humbling world champion after the national finals when you go to denver in january you're back at the bottom with everybody else with zero dollars one that's just how humbling our sport is and you carried on into your business as well and that's that's awesome one thing i've learned with business the busiest we get in our warehouse we'll have upwards of 20 people working and that's during like black friday but typically there's anywhere from 15 to 17 on like a normal work week. And one thing I've noticed is just how incredibly important um, culture is and the culture of, of just the work environment and the boss sets the tone. And for sure, there's been times where I've had to make hard decisions with people because of how it was going to affect the culture. And, you know, you might have to let a top, top money producer in your company go because of the way they affect culture. And I think it bleeds over not only into your employees, but also like who you are on the internet. And so to me, that's, that's just a magnifying glass. And some people are really good at, at, at kind of deceiving everyone on who they really are. But um, social media can sometimes be just the best version of what somebody has to offer especially like when that post came out where there was a lot of people that wanted to express how much they disliked me i think that i try to go back to if i'm going to worry about what anybody has to say it's going to be those absolutely closest to me because they know me yeah. the best if if my brother if leroy if leroy came to me and said man you got these two huge character flaws that you need to work on i probably need to take that pretty seriously you know <laughs> he might be wrong but he might be dead on and because he knows me the best. So And I and I get caught up in that, you know, we'll, we'll put a steer wrestling video up of my son doing it and he gets not near the views yours, but we get those negative comments from people or and like, oh you you hurt him, I'm gonna kill you. And I'm like, I just my blood starts boiling. I start, you know, responding back and Lindsay says, It's not worth it. You don't know them, they don't know you. They, you know, they're just they're they're trolls, that's all they're doing. And a guy could get caught up in that if you if you let it. And I've really had to restrain myself from trying to go out and actually saying, let's meet at this address and we'll take care of this. Right. I think the, the start of your little example here is a post that would involve your son. You know, I'm sure it would yeah. probably bother you less if they're making fun of your celebration dance or something. <laughs> It'd probably be easier for you to shake off. And that's how I am. When people throw rocks at me, which is relatively often, you know, it's super easy for me to forget about within seconds, maybe minutes. Like early on when Donnie was really getting started riding Bronx, I would attack if people were making fun of him and how he was riding on his ninth Bronx. You know what I mean? Like right. when a guy shouldn't even be, they should be getting two jumped, you know? And so like that would just, the dad side of me would come out 
And so uh, that's hard to suppress whenever you're trying to protect your own. But I've, I've gotten to where I have pretty thick skin. And a lot of times I might even just be like, you know what? You got me. You're right. And that usually ends the argument. Like, it's like, okay. Yeah. I had one guy say something and I don't even remember what the post was. It was obviously a rodeo post. And I just put thanks for the like and follow on his comment. And this, this was great for me because he goes, obviously you don't understand that I don't like or follow you. This is, and he went on and I said, thanks for the like and follow in all caps. And he said something else. So I said, thanks for the like and follow in all caps. And it was, it just yeah. he kept going. I'm like, dude, this is obviously you don't get this, yeah. but it's a game, you know, little things like that at that point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no. And, and, and I think a lot that has helped me is, is, uh, it was the book. Um, it is the book it's called mere Christianity and it's by CS Lewis. It's the same guy that wrote Chronicles of Narnia. And yep. he's a former atheist. Well, mere Christianity is called like the book for the unconvinced. And essentially it's him trying to talk about the Christian faith outside of the Bible and like why it just makes sense logically. There's a chapter in there called The Great Sin, and that's where he outlines pride. Spoiler alert, he's talking about pride. And uh, one of the first things he talks about is the more mad it makes you when you see it in other people, the more you have it. And he talks about the moment you think you don't have it might be the worst you have it. And he, he says a few things in there to like set up his definition of pride. And it really woke me up and the word ego comes to mind. And so like when I make a post and then these haters come into the comments, it flares up and I kind of have to remind myself that that humility conversation I'm trying to have with myself. And, uh, and that has helped me immensely. But essentially one thing he says is pride is competitive. I don't think all competition is pride, but I do think pride is competition. As guys, we can feel it big time, you know. When you bring up comments and all that, and it just really, that, that's, that's been on my heart. It's hard for me not to talk about. Well, and I think it needs and should be talked about. But, and, I, and I'm trying to talk to my kids about that, too. You know, in today's day and age, they get offended over what somebody else says. But you can't go about it like you did 20 years ago. I mean, you go back to the back parking lot, you have a talk about it. And whoever was right usually comes back without a bloody nose. Nowadays, it you know, you get in trouble for any type of thing like that. So I've been trying to talk to my kids about, it's okay to walk away and be proud that you didn't get yourself into a situation that could have you know, affected something in the future. And, and uh, again, with social media for these kids, it's scary and dangerous if it's not monitored from an adult standpoint. But for you to be able to go out there and express it and talk about it, for those kids that we talked about that are following you is huge. So they can kind of get an understanding. And, you know, some of those kids maybe don't have parental support they need, and you're them. I mean, you're, you're that for them. One thing I saw, I'll bring it up just because I, I feel like you're probably okay with talking about it, having posted it on social media, but I just saw, like, right before we got on, looked like you, you turned over a steer and posted something asking Tom Brady when's too soon to come out of retirement. What's that about? So we were practicing. I was helping the Tucker Allen, good kid, friend of mine, and uh -huh. Justin Schaefer, and I take my kids over there to shoot dog, and there was a steer they couldn't get to hit clear, you know, hind end come hit flat. And um, they were like, well, let's match. And I'm like, all right. Actually, I said, let's match, just joking. 
And I didn't think they'd take me up on it, and they damn sure did. And it's like riding a bike, actually. It felt pretty good. So yeah. you were just having fun, and then you made that, yeah, that caption. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if maybe if we were going to see you in 2023. Oh, no, definitely. I don't know if my body could handle any more abuse <laughs> like that. But uh, no, Lindsay has actually does a lot of my social media, and she's like, let's post this and just see the response we get. Um, and we, I told her to take Tom because, you know, he's obviously the king of coming out of retirement and still being successful. I guess there's a slim chance you might, but it's it's pretty slim. I just cannot imagine, and I think it's every rodeo cowboy's worst nightmare to just like, to, to not or maybe not worst nightmare, but just like, it's just not, doesn't seem like a fun conversation to have to have with yourself. You know what I mean? No. It's like, <laughs> okay, all right, I'm done going full time. But I'm not done, done. You know what I mean? Like, that seems like such a natural, like, I I can't see it happening any other way than, like, you see Trevor. He retired, but then he'll still go to pick at these bigger ones and maybe, you know, like, he's going some. But Trevor team ropes, women and children team ropes. So it's not like you ever retire Thank you. from that, Thank right? you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I told, I did tell myself, I said, if I'm done, I'm going to be done. I don't want to be a half-ass weekend warrior and and don't get me wrong i love the weekend warriors i think it's great but for me i don't get the same adrenaline rush the same drive and i always told myself if i'm not excited to run a steer at every rodeo i go to it's time to call it quits you know and, and to have that conversation was really tough so that you, you you may not have the the drive but is it you don't have the drive to take a truck out to pendleton oregon or is it that you don't necessarily have the drive to actually turn the steer at pendleton Oh, no, I'm very capable of turning the steer. Right, right, right. Like, if they brought the steers to you, probably wouldn't even be a question. Uh, yeah, I think that would damn sure change my mind. Like, if I, when I get the arena built down here, we just have a rodeo every weekend. Yeah, that's what, see, I, I was talking to um, Bradley Harder about it, and he was like, man, it's not the Bronx. Like, I'd get on a Bronx every single day right now. You know, he's still healthy. It's just the, you know, he's having to leave his kids and, you know, to drive out to Red Bluff or whatever. Like, it's just that part isn't as exciting to them, you know. And then, no, uh -uh. of course, when you're 19 or 23, you know, it's just like that. that is the exciting part. That's the part that <laughs> that's why you're going. We drove out to California for New Year's and on our way back, I got to sleep in the back seat just for a little bit. I got up the next morning and my neck was like, I couldn't turn my head. And I've been going to chiropractor once a week and I was like, man, I never used to have this problem. So yes, that even the driving is what kicks my butt. Right. I imagine anybody that's upset that that is passionate about the sport constantly has that should I come out of retirement conversation with themselves after they retire. Well, and, and I'm going to get Trevor Brazil on here. I've texted. In fact, I don't know if you have his new number. He must have changed it. I've texted. I've called, and, and if you do, send it to me. Okay, I don't feel um, as bad because I asked him to come on mine, and he ghosted me. So. <laughs> Oh, and it, but hey, somebody that will answer, and who's probably a better guest anyway, is Patrick Smith. I had a conversation with Patrick. We'll probably have that podcast coming out soon. And I didn't realize his story. I won't ruin it for you or tell it for him. But he's got an incredible story that you know starts with the one horse trailer. That I'm sure you are, you probably know versions of it. Yeah, but he didn't start rope until he's like 16, right? Right. Yeah, crazy story. Did not grow up around it, but you did though. Yeah, I grew up, yeah, I grew up uh, born and raised on a ranch in California and complete honesty, the reason I didn't rope is because I swing a rope like crap. Uh, <laughs> so 
that kind of eliminated the the roping and and my brother my middle brother casey was a steer wrestler and kind of started with him and from that point on i'm like rope through down it starts to wrestle but let's talk about some of your sponsors i know you got some great ones can-am who else you got side by sides they they came to me it's been a great relationship uh rock and roll denim they were my first sponsor so i was super broke the first nfr I went to and can-am i mean a uh, rock and roll came to me jameson super cool family been with them this will be year eight and uh, jokes on them, I'd have taken less money in the beginning. <laughs> I was so broke. And uh, American Hats, they've been super good to me. Keith Mundy over there, love that that family. And Total Feeds, so that's that's what I give old Boone, 22 years old, still ranching, still rodeoing. But then, I, and then I just signed up with Mountain Ops. So I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, nice. They do like product uh, supplements, and so I get to go to Eugene, Oregon next month and go on a run with Cam Haynes and do a podcast oh, wow. and talk about some mountain ops and stuff like that. So, Well, and you better because I've seen you've been posting some stuff with uh, with Cowboy over there. Oh my there. gosh. Guys might... Yeah. Yeah, he's actually signing with mountain ops also. Not that he needs it, any help getting bigger. <laughs> he's so massive. He's gained like 40 pounds since he retired. And I just picked the wrong year. Not that there's ever a right year to talk trash to Cowboy Cerrone, but it's funny, like it's kind of a joke, but also like I'm pretty sure when we actually do fight, like he's not gonna take it easy on me. Which is fine, it'll be interesting, it'll be fun, but. Are you gonna have Are you gonna have the headgear on? I don't know, are you I've gone back and forth. Cause I just feel like I owe it to my fans and all the trash talk I've done to just go like this. Just in a hoodie and a well, Maybe not a hoodie, but. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The, I mean, I got to wear the ball cap and the glasses. You know, can't go without those. Well, for sure. But if the glare off the glasses hits him just right, you might get a shot. I'm not ruling out any sort of strategy. So I'm all ears. I'm, I might throw some dirt in his eyes. <laughs> but he's super. Dude, what was that movie with Jean Claude Van Damme? He throws the sand in his eyes. Yeah. Anyway, he's a super cool dude. A lot like JB. Like those two are very similar in how they approach competition as well as just being passionate about the sport. Huh. Well, that's cool, man. I'm looking forward to the fight. And if there is a chance to bet on it, I'm going to put some money on you. Okay, good. Some. Yeah. Not all of it, just, but just, just some. Whatever amount you're comfortable with, I'm good with. Yeah. It's been so much fun for me to, to get to know you a little better. And I do want to say I appreciate you and JB for Bear's seventh birthday. We took him out there at JB's and you guys hung out with him that i think made his year so i appreciate you doing that for him and and, I, and i'm looking forward i want to bring the boys up there they want to talk about talk about going up there to your place yeah hanging out so yeah we got some we got some little practice bulls and when it comes time for them and they i mean we'll get them on them all son all right man i appreciate it yes Have a good sir one. thanks thank you luke have a good day you bet does this make me look like i got man boobs it makes you look like you've been working out <laughs>